Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chaotically Rolling With It. <laughs> yes, we're going to be working on the name. Don't worry, people. Don't worry. I'm your host, Ray Sage, and I'm joined here today with... Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Yeah, just, just throwing up a finger doesn't work. Uh, Nate, I am the DM, the dungeon master for uh, Chaotic Rollers. And I have been dungeon mastering since 1995. And I am Callan Grimm. I am playing Kelgar the Barbarian in the uh, world of Turain. And uh, I have been a player for 17 years and been DMing on and off in between that. Now, let's let's have a good show. We're going to keep it simple. Questions, answers, you know the drill. Maybe some jokes thrown in, some anecdotes. But that's totally up to you guys. First question, what is the campaign about? Uh, the campaign is actually about six party members so right now that have literally come together, being thrust together, uh, trying to survive in a world that three of them know nothing about, and three of them are basically your normal, everyday people that wind up in a situation that oh well let's see if we can help sounds interesting now are you willing to give up some of the lore on terra or not uh, on the lore on the world of terrain uh, some of that i can answer um some of it i can't because i don't want to give you know who here yeah uh, any additional information a uh, hundred years ago, this world had no magic. Um, it had literally just your normal elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings, humans, and they all lived in peace. Um, there was seven ruling kings that were all brothers. Um, and one day, 100 years ago, this massive wave of energy came across and came out of the sky, washed over the entire planet, and brought magic to the world of terrain. So magic is brand new, and it's instilled itself in everything. Uh, there are portals that open up that bring things through. Uh, some of your, some of our players have actually, that's how they got here. Okay, okay. Now, how many, how many continents are there uh, on Terra? Terrain, sorry. There are seven, there are seven major continents. Are you, are you willing to give the name of those continents, or are you going to keep that hush-hush? 
<laughs> uh, I'll give the name of three of them. The first one is Lathinaril, uh, which is where the players are actually right now. Uh, there is a continent called the Forsaken, or the Forgotten, excuse me. The Forgotten is the name of the continent. Um, and then there's also the Northern Wastes. Those three continents are possibly going to... Lathinaril is going to be one of the main continents. The other two could possibly come up some sometime in the, in the game. Mm, makes perfect sense. Very perfect sense. Now, for the ideas for the continents, for the world itself, and everything, where do you come up with those ideas? Where do you get your inspirations from? I actually sat down. I was uh, playing, going into a local comic book store, and one of the uh, things that they had was, hey, we're looking for someone to actually run a Dungeons and Dragons game. And I'm like, okay, I've done that before. I can do it again. Um, and so I started talking, sit down, and literally just popped up terrain. Here's the, here's the idea behind it. Here's what's going on. And I literally just sat there and wrote this out. Hmm. So it was mostly just improvised in the just improvisation and that's how it came to be. Yeah, it was literally just an improv right off the top of my head, right there in the, in the comic book store going, okay, let me see here. You want our game? Uh, homebrew? Boom. Here's the world. Let me go ahead and just knock this out. Give me, give me a, give me two weeks and I'll have something for you. And he's like, okay. And I literally just wrote out this world. Very nice. Now, um, are there any gods in the world? <laughs> uh, or is that more of a, you can't give out any information on that just yet? I'm going to let Kelgar answer that one. The gods, several of them at least, actually have physical avatars on terrain at the very moment and the party has the chance to meet them which is a horrible concept for anybody who is a veteran DD player who remembers what usually happens when multiple godly avatars all exist in the same localized area I can say I'm not a veteran, so why, why don't you elaborate on that? Because I'm pretty sure some people watching are also not veterans or listening in. So why don't you give us some more information on what possibly could happen? All right, so generally speaking, when multiple gods exist in the same area, usually it's a massive war. Uh, so you'll get gods like Tempest who come down to stake their claim on the warrior souls. You'll get uh, you'll get gods like Nerul or uh, Weejoss who are trying to take these massive cataclysms and bring more followers to them because as gods their power is derived from their followers. Uh, so in a lot of D&D &D lore when you start seeing gods walking among men 
that's usually a sign that an apocalyptic level event is about to happen. So for terrain to have these gods walking around like nothing, like like it's just every day for them, and nothing chaotic is happening aside from, you know, the random portals, it throws a lot of characters, especially the ones who come from those other worlds to terrain, for a massive loop, because they're panicking, thinking, oh shit, the world's about to end, the world's about to end. <laughs> and my character, being one of those, has a very similar mindset. Understandable. And you're playing Barbarian. Are you playing the typical Barbarian? Or did you give yourself at least a plus one in intelligence? Well, okay. I don't have six. But uh, I, I do have a nine intelligence. Uh, Kelgar, I won't say he's the typical Barbarian. Uh, and he's... My plans for him take him a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, but as it stands, his background, he's actually an acolyte uh, to the god Tempest. Uh and being the god of war, it actually makes sense that the barbarian is still the path that he that he wound down. Uh, we just hit level three, so he took the path of the zealot, which is basically the barbarian paladin. Uh, and uh, his idea behind that is that Tempest is the one granting him his rage, making him a, a stronger warrior. No, that makes absolutely perfect sense. Now, going back over to the DM, what is the political situation like on the terrain? Right now, on the continent of Thinaril, there is a peace right now. Um, they have... Um, whenever war has broken out on the on terrain right now there's um one one noble or one faction will start collecting as many magic users as they can and they will literally just round up magic users and use them as cannon fodder uh to basically wipe out whoever they're trying to go go after um in doing so right now the main ruling king has his own massive army of wizards and soldiers um and we're going to we they've they've got an idea the, the players have actually seen a little bit of that. They've actually seen some of the idea behind that. Um, <clears throat> our last game session, they actually were able to get um, the idea of how many magic users there are from just from the battlements on the castle walls. Um, politically intrigue right now, I really can't get into too much because the players haven't really had to deal with it yet yes that makes perfect sense then now you, you also answered the next question was the magical situation so that's so that's all that's all good you said earlier that there that 100 years ago you had different races living in harmony together since the wave of magic 
is that still the case or has the uh, racial racial lines kind of thinned out and changed um there are actually some there are some things that have changed um certain certain races are more withdrawn now uh they it's not the peace and harmony that it once was um certain races will sit there and basically go to themselves like the dwarves are there's a few dwarves that actually still follow the original idea of terrain of peace harmony and you know let's get along with everybody but there are some some clans that have actually withdrawn there's some elves that have withdrawn into their forests um there's also different there's uh different factions of elves that are not your normal everyday elves that people would associate them with if that makes sense yes and no because i kind of understand that we're pretty sure a lot of listeners and a lot of viewers wouldn't but you you probably don't want to go into explanation for that because that's more of a secret that the players haven't figured out yet correct i don't want to give out too much information because you know kelgar's sitting right here and i don't want to like you know fill his head a little bit yeah okay now the next question um, are you guys using the encumbrance rule and keeping track of exhaustion, food, water, rest, doing all that? I actually do like using some of those rules. Encumbrance, I'm not too not too fond of using. Um, I let I like letting the party. I mean, if you're going, if you're carrying around, like if Kelgar decides that he's going to carry around, you know, five battle axes three sets of armor, uh, a spider carcass, um, a, you know, a, ma a great maul and, you know, a dead troll. Yeah, encumbrance is going to start taking effect. But, you know, if he's walking around with his normal gear, they, let's, say they let's say they kill a monster, they actually strip it and skin it and whatnot. They take it back to town. I'm going to allow them to do those type of things. I'm not going to, okay, no, that's going to be way too heavy. There's certain things that, you know, you have to give a little leeway with. Uh, gold, I don't even charge, I don't even make golden coins. I'm not even going to deal with giving encumbrance. Uh, they did wind up getting a Heward's Handy Haversack, so they're able to carry some things around without having to worry too much about weight. Um, but as I said, if you're also going, if, if you start like trying to overdo it, that's when I'll start dealing with that. But um, exhaustion, yes, I do use exhaustion points. Uh, we actually have had a couple people get exhaustion. Um, resting, yes, I do. I do have them rest, and you know they'll uh, they'll actually set up camp and or they'll sleep in an inn or something like that so it it long rest short rest type thing so that way you know you get your spell slots and everything and your hit points back what about eating and food and that oh yes must eat must drink and some of our people drink a little too excessively yeah so, so why they do not me 
Not yet. And that's a little joke. Don't worry. Well, uh, you know, after he saw the guards, he might start drinking more. Yeah, that's oh, what yes. I have, I have, I have, I have never seen a character, a player, actually walk into an area, and literally the player stops, the character stops, and literally both are going, "What the holy heck is going on here?" And literally jaw hits the floor, and they're like, "This isn't right. This isn't something's wrong here." Something, something's wrong here and the bard's going what and the barbarian's going this isn't supposed to happen the gods don't do this they they don't they don't meet like this the bard's all this is tuesday yeah that that, that was an interesting moment i'd have to say when i was listening in that day Okay, let's go on to the next uh, question before uh, before someone decides to uh, slap somebody. Have the players thrown you through a loop or uh, made you uh, sit there and make up new content on the fly mid-session? Every game session. Yeah, and that's actually quite normal, isn't it, for uh, for a campaign? Yeah, because like I'll be like, okay, we're gonna go this way. Nope. How about this? Nope. How about I throw this in there? Nope. Or I'm gonna go that way. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's see here what I can do. It definitely doesn't yep. help that most of the party is paranoid. So most of the time, when we see something that's way obvious, we're like, let's uh, let's save that for later. Yeah, but then sometimes you do that and he throws something even worse at you for not going down the simple path. Yeah, we've, we've noticed. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, have the players surprised you so far with any out-of-the-box thinking? Yes. Um... The bard actually going into a ta into a tavern, making her making her uh, her nightly appearance at a at a tavern. So, because there's one tavern that you know they were actually the the character uh, or the character is a male, and the, he goes into the bar, and he does what he normally does every time he's here he plays and when doing so he winds up getting inspiration from the barbarian rolls two natural 20s with inspir with with uh advantage and and they came up with this wonderful beautiful ballad right off the top of their head and i'm just going wow Okay, and same character, different tavern, same situation. Comes with a beautiful ballad right off the top of their head. Uh, the 
Druid actually had a had come up with an idea of putting a sign up for the bard and i'm like okay that's gonna be interesting and but he's an aarakocra so he's not even he's a bird person so he's not even used to like you know streets and things like that he flies everywhere so he puts a sign up right in the middle of the street and of course here comes the guards because he's blocking he's blocking traffic in the capital or in the like uh the castle castle area and these are like the nobles and the the super rich and the guards like nope we're not having this yeah there's been some interesting things that they've gone they've made me go eh wait what sounds like fun times Oh yeah, it's I've had I've had some really good fun times with this group so far. Mm, that's good. And now here's some uh, some better questions. What is the what is the party made up of in terms of uh, races and classes? Kilgore, you want to take this one? So we've got my barbarian being a, a human. Uh, our bard Benji is also a human. We have Kurnor the Dwarf, Natubo the Arakakra, Asahi the Changeling, and we have, I think Terra's a human, right? Yeah, so we have we have three humans, and then a Dwarf, a Changeling, and an Arakakra. Very nice. No. Oh. For you, uh, Kilgar, what is your character like? You you, you you gave a little bit of information, but like his backstory, how much of that could you give us right now? So, Kilgar's backstory is uh, a little bit of a story. Uh, he was born to the Uthgard barbarian tribe just north of Neverwinter. Uh, but the interesting thing there is that while his mother was the wife of the chieftain, his father was not the chieftain. Uh, his father was actually a Kalashite uh, from way down south near the Sword Coast. Uh, for anybody who needs a little bit of a geography lesson on this, Kalimshan and the rest of the Sword Coast is about eight or nine months of travel by caravan to Neverwinter. So it's a very, very long distance that his father was traveling, found this barbarian woman, managed to bet her, and left her with, with my character. Uh, and the only thing that he has from his father is a pendant with his uh, Kalashite named engraved on. Uh, but that is not the name that he goes by today, uh, because he was, as he was being abused by the clan chieftain until the age of 10, which is adulthood in the eyes of the Uthgard, from there he was exiled, sent, uh, he found his way to Neverwinter, was adopted by the priests of Tempest, that's how he became an acolyte, and then he spent a very large chunk of his life, uh, the next 16 years, uh, give or take, before... Uh, the events that led him to being taken by the portal and found on terrain. Um, and in that 
training as an acolyte of Tempest is where he took the name Kelgar for himself. Uh, that's kind of led him to be very, very closed off emotionally. Uh, he'll be very forward and very, you know, outgoing, but it's all just a way to make people think that's what he's like, because he doesn't want them to see the damage that he's had to him emotionally. Now that is actually a very good backstory and really makes your character unique. Thank you. Yeah. Now, for you, what have you thought about the campaign? It's been only a few sessions, but what have you thought of it so far? So far, it's it's been fun. It's been a blast. Um, We've been focusing a lot more on the party interactions than we have on any plot so far. Uh, like Elton was saying earlier, we kind of dodged a lot of plot hooks that were thrown at us. Um, but I think what we got out of that was a lot more of a close-knit beginning to our story as a party. Um, because we've, we've sat there and we've explored how we interact with each other, with the world at large. Uh, and it's it's made for a lot more interesting side story, which I think is always the basis of a good campaign, because the plot will take you far, but if you don't have the, the party connecting and jiving, like a mini family of sorts, you'll fall apart when it hits the fan. Now, that is very true. Now, yeah, they've been, they've been interacting all right. That sounds like a man who has been pushed to the limits so many times by the party that he just will sit there after session and just say, Oh, thank God it's over. <laughs> well, there's some, there's some uh, uh, interesting developments that have been going on in the party lately. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. Now, how did the party get thrown together? So, Kurnor, the dwarf, and myself are both from Neverwinter. Um, we were... Uh, my character had seen Kurnor wandering into the city sewers uh, at night, and being an acolyte of Tempest, a lot of the priests of Tempest assist the city watch, considering they're priests of a god of war. Uh, so most of them are trained in combat and various other things. So we're kind of on call to assist the city guard when we see stuff suspicious or whatnot. So Kernor being a known pyromancer, uh, Kelgar uh, did his duty and followed the, the dwarf into the sewers, only for both of us to get fairly randomly sucked up by a portal that appeared out of nowhere and dropped on terrain. Uh, right around the same time is when... Natubo the Druid was taken from their glade uh, and popped a few hundred feet away from us. And all of this happened with perfect timing to have the caravan that normally comes through uh, that area heading toward the capital uh, kind of just roll up on us as we get dumped <laughs> literally right in front of them. So we kind of, we got picked up there by the changeling and the bard. And 
rolled on into the nearest uh, little settlement of Callan's Corner, uh, where it, that's also where we met the where we met Tara, our ranger. So we kind of just all got three of us got thrown into this out of nowhere, and the other two were nice enough to say, "All right, we got you. You're new. We get it. Let's go." <laughs> Well, that is an, an interesting beginning. A lot better than the normal you meet up in a tavern bit. Yeah, uh, Elton's very good about not using overused cliches. That's one thing that I've definitely found in the last several weeks, is that we haven't run into a lot of cliches at all. It's been fairly unique from every step of the way. Hmm, that's good. Now... We've gotten a bit of information on what the party's been up to. But have, how many fights have you guys gone into? And how many times have you guys actually done something that you did not expect your character to do? Um, let's see. Our very first session involved us hunting down a dire wolf that was agitating a local wolf pack. Uh, we managed to get rid of them fairly easily. Uh, Kelgar got a few new scars, uh, but other than that, we didn't really suffer too much. Um, but the next session, we started our trip to the to the capital. Uh, we we went on foot through the forest of Lothar, which is a forest that's in perpetual twilight, so you can't tell time at all. That's a headache and a half on its own. Uh, almost. Like five five hours worth of worth of walking in, so about ten minutes for us when we were actually playing, uh, were set upon by harpies, out of the blue. Uh, that was a bit of a struggle. Uh, I took half my hit points in one round before I even got the chance to rage because they got the drop on us. Uh, mostly because my character failed a wisdom saving throw and got charmed. Yeah, that was that was a rough start to that, uh, but the real the real interesting part comes in. We we managed to get rid of the harpies, uh, and then we we go back to traveling on the road, and we come across another rift opening, and when that rift opens up, it drops out to Drake Guard which, uh, for those who don't know, they're basically uh, lizard dogs. They're large lizard dogs. They're from uh, Neverwinter's surrounding area. So that was a very big shock for Kelgar to see two things from his homeland pop up right after he did, essentially. Uh, and that one got a little rough because the our druid decided to, to be very courageous, very bold, and runs right up to the to the Drake Garden and starts trying to poison one. Well, they don't like that very much, and they try to eat him. And within two rounds, the druid is taking death-saving throws. So, our party's now surrounding Natubo to protect him. My character literally standing above his unconscious body with my with my hammer drawn, just smacking this Drake guard for all that he's worth. It was it was hectic. 
no one else managed to go down, so we at least prevented anybody from dying. That would have been a very unfortunate thing to have our druid die literally session two. Oh yes, that would have been a bad thing. Um, but after that, we, we made camp, we rested up, we got our we got our strength back, and then the morning after we get out of the forest, we can finally see the sunlight again. We're set upon by a phase spider. Which, for those of you who don't know, is a spider that is capable of phasing in and out of, of the ethereal plane. It, it puff, poofs out of existence, and then it just poofs back in and start mauling you again. So we, as level 2 adventurers, were taking on a phase spider. And that's not usually a huge deal, because they don't have a lot of hit points. But we couldn't hit the damn thing! We kept whiffing our attack rolls. We were holding our actions, waiting for it to pop up at one of us. And we just kept whiffing, and that's with some of us getting advantage. So it just, it was way, way more annoying than it should have been. But we did get a really fancy spider carcass out of it and some fancy new armor for the bard. Mm, that's good. Kind of mean of the DM to uh, pull that one out, but... In his defense... Probably you needed it. In his defense, a single-phase spider uh, for six party level party level two uh, is supposed to be a, a fair challenge. Um, it's just we whiffed way more than we should have. It was just bad luck at that point. Oh, yes, definitely was. Now, here's one. Does your character have a crush or in a, in a relationship with another player character? Well, the last two sessions, we have literally ended it on a fade to black moment because uh, Kelgar had started flirting with Benji the Bard, and that's kind of how that whole uh, nat twenty with two nat twenties with advantage situation came about. Kelgar was just kind of being the brawny muscle bar barbarian, uh, assisting out the barkeep with being a barback, and. Benji writes a ballad out of nowhere, literally about Kelgar. And, uh, small spoiler alert, uh, for next session, uh, depending on how a certain conversation goes, Benji and Kelgar might be more than just bed partners soon enough. Ooh, spicy. I can't wait to hear this. Oh, yeah. That's going to be an interesting session. Oh, very interesting. Now, now, now I'm waiting to hear hear how this is going to go. Yeah. Now, DM, has the party gotten attention from any uh, high-ranking individuals? Uh, high-ranking individuals as in how? Royalty, high high ranking nobles, dukes, duchesses, people who who can just look at someone and say you're going to uh, you're going into the dungeon because I don't like the way you're looking at me, type of uh, high individual. Those type of individuals, no, um, they have drawn the attention of a couple 
of individuals, I should say. Um, we did have a guest uh, come in last game session. Um, well, this guest is actually under the employee of a local. And while they were traveling with them, the employer kept track um, and has offered them a position of some sort. We'll find out next game session how that's going to go. Very interesting. Now, coming down to the final question. For both of you, what has been your favorite part so far? Let's start with DM. I think my favorite part so far is actually the interaction, just straight up interaction the party has with each other. It seems like this is one of those this is one of those groups that I'm going to have fun fun uh, running the game for because they actually try to get along. They try to actually do things together. Have they split up the party? Yes, they have. But at the same time, they come back together. They go do what they got to do, and they 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 try they try to they try to involve each everybody into the actual game session. Now, the bar the druid excuse me surprised me because he's starting to come more out of his shell. He's actually able to he actually came up with the idea of making a sign for the bard, which actually that surprised me because it's like, oh, this is actually a good idea. But let's see how you pull it off because you're not used to doing stuff like this. And it made a whole spiraling interaction with town guard, the tavern keeper, uh, the bard, the bard themselves, the barbarian. I mean, everybody was involved, and it's like, ah, what the heck just happened? And uh, for you, uh, Kogar, what has been your favorite part so far? For me, I'd have to say it's actually the players, uh, the group as a whole. Uh, it's not It's not very often that I find uh, a table where uh, the players are not only willing to kind of give every person their, their time to shine, but trying to find a time to shine for every person. I mean, especially, especially Wingle, who plays Benji, our bard. Uh, she has gone out of her way to make sure that every player is heard, everybody has their time to talk, everybody has their time to, to play their character. And that's a, something that, especially, especially with tables where it's people you've grown up with and you've been around them for years, you don't see that a lot. Uh, because you've grown used to people, you know, you're just trying to, you're just trying to have, you know, play your character's story. Now we've found people who are trying to get us to play our characters rather than us trying to force our way through. And it's, it's heartwarming. It's, it makes me feel really good about this group, both in the now and when thinking about how long we could last as a group. Feels good. No, I'm going to say, that's actually a special, very special group. Because those are one in a million to find. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because we actually, the whole reason this group actually got together is actually from TikTok. We actually, I actually put out a post on TikTok saying, hey, I want to run a game. Here's the, here's the deal, details. Who wants to play? And I had just done a duel live with Wingle the Wizard on TikTok and I described my world to her and she's like, I want to play. I'm like, okay, let me see if I can get a get group together. And I literally posted on TikTok and boom, I had six people signed up. I think the movie Benchwarmers actually had the perfect line for this kind of situation. If you build it, nerds will come. So very true. So very true. Now, that's all the questions I have for you guys. So we're going to probably wrap it up right here. Thank you guys for showing up. Thank you for having us, and we look forward to doing this again. Certainly. Next weekend, most likely on Sundays. Sounds good to me. Okay. Now, you guys, have a good Sunday. Go on and roll some dice. And keep them out of dice jail. Let's hope. <laughs>